Jacob Eason is has a different mentality than Matthew Stafford. Eason seems a little aware that his arm can't always save him. Yeah. Right? Stafford always had that look about him. It's like, bro, I got this. Right? And Eason looks eager. Right. <laughs> Stafford's never putting, looked yeah. eager. I mean, Matthew Stafford, I mean, he's cuddling Joe Cox and doesn't look eager. Right? <laughs> I mean, let's be clear. We all love our Gingies. Even after doing 49 episodes with Tony, I still never can anticipate what the next analogy out of his mouth will be. That one was one of those that you'd never expect to hear, but you're glad you did, I think. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 49 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. So today's show is unique. Why? Well, you've already heard from the two men who will be carrying this podcast today. Yep, it's just Tony and myself. Our other co-host, Will Leach, is in New York City. He is on a new TV show called Sports Illustrated Pro Football Now. So congrats to Will. You can watch his show on SI.com, and I will link his link to his show in our show notes page, if that makes sense. Nevertheless, despite being one man down, Tony and I managed to throw a pretty interesting show together for you today. Not only will the two of us break down the game versus Nichols, or Nichols State, whatever you want to call them, but we did some musical trivia. We jump back in the time machine to reminisce on UGA home openers ending in the number six, and we end the show with three questions for Tony, ranging from alternate uniforms to what he thinks is the best food in the classic city. So it's a fun one today. Let's get started. We're seeing a chance of missing a sellout. I don't know if you saw there's still tickets available for this weekend. That doesn't surprise me at all. It's a terrible opponent to schedule. Well... There's a difference. You can schedule a terrible opponent like Louisiana Monroe or Louisiana Lafayette, or you can schedule something called Nichols State. And in fact, they go by Nichols. Yeah, they don't even that, want to be called Nichols State. Remember that time my tablet started making noise? Uh, we don't have official, we do not have permission to use that sound clip, so no. ignore it, please. Are we allowed to say where Will is now? I think he is. I think we are allowed to say because on his pre recorded message, he mentioned. What he's doing. So, do you know what he's doing? I'm not quite sure. Uh, as I understand it, he is doing some media, NFL media for Sports Illustrated. Um, That's awesome. Is he going to talk about his podcast with his buddies Scott and Tony? I have to assume he's going to do that and also talk about the awesome fantasy football deal he puts together. So, sure, I think those are things that probably will happen. Yeah. So, Will Leach, the famous Will, I mean, he's famous to me and you. Yeah, of course he yeah. is. So Will Leach is up in New York City right now, and I think he's going to be up there every Wednesday because he took a better gig um, <laughs> with uh, Sports Illustrated. Which, and by better, Scott means paying. Yeah, yeah, because we don't we don't pay very well. In fact, we ask for money from Will and and to supply uh, with bourbon, and he brings his diet cokes, but uh, we we don't partake in that. But yeah, he's up in New York City, the Big Apple, New York City, um, and he's doing a Sports Illustrated gig, and I think he said he's doing it with Nate Burleson, the former Vikings receiver. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's Not that. Nate Burleson, the Vandy coach. Right, right. That's an inside joke with uh, the whole Derek Mason uh, coach. So it's just going to be myself and Tony, and so we've got papers and notes and tablets all strewn about, and we're going to get into. But, but please don't tune out. I mean, we've already got your download, but please don't tune out. <laughs> Yeah, stick around. I think we got some good stuff today. So I guess what I'll do is I'll drive this bus today since uh, Will seems to be the guy, you know, he's kind of used to doing this kind of stuff. But as I start rambling, let's get into some updates. I mean, where did we leave off 
last episode. We were congratulating Georgia on playing what ended up being one of the better games of the weekend. It was exciting and having digging themselves a 10-point hole and then roaring back with 19 straight points with Nick Chubb putting the exclamation mark on it with his 55-yard touchdown run uh, in the fourth quarter that set the dome on fire. Yeah, I think it's the right way of putting it. It was Chubb was the offensive player of the week for the SEC, which if there had been anyone else, I would have been like, all right, that's fine. It's just never happening again. I mean, because right. it happened before. And, like, I think my favorite thing was somebody had a thanks, Bobo moment on Twitter. And oh, uh, what did they say? Thanks, Bobo. Oh, oh, thanks. <laughs> I think that's what they said, actually. Okay. Um, so, you know, dogs jump in rankings. I think we're the top 10 yeah, of the coaches, which they is. They jumped nine spots. And coaches, how about AP? I was same. Just, they're the same. They're they're ranked ninth and both. Ninth and polls. both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that feels high to me. I'll oh, be honest. Yeah. But you know, uh, it's considering still, it's considering still, uh, just week two, Tennessee felt high. I think we took Tennessee's spot. Did we? They we floppy floppied. Yeah, and they dropped to like eighteen. Yeah. So even but you know, it's, but Tennessee has a great game in Bristol Motors at Bristol Motor Speedway. I got to be honest. I would love to go to that game yeah. to see a ball game at Bristol Motor Speedway. I mean. <sighs> there's ever two fan bases is Virginia Tech and, and, and Tennessee. That's the only two right. fan bases that would work. I mean, it. South Carolina and Tennessee actually at Darlington might be a little more interesting or maybe like North Wilkesboro, one of those old school mm-hmm. uh, tracks. But uh, what, about, what about Watkins Glen? That'd be kind of hard to watch because that's a road track. <laughs> <laughs> Flexing your NASCAR muscles there, I see. <laughs> and that's it. That's that's the link that goes. I always pull out Watkins Glen. Well, see, I used to be an outside and that, sales. And that's your NASCAR minute. <laughs> yeah, well, I used to be an outside sales. And so, uh, and I would go to, you know, I was in pharmaceutical and medical device sales. And so I would go to all these little podunk, and I'm sorry if I'm referring to parts of Georgia's podunk, but, you know, some like, of that. Like Augusta? Some, no, no, no. <laughs> some of the outlying counties. Let's just put it that way. And oh, so I, where I'm from. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go ahead and just offend everybody from small town Georgia. But I would uh, make sure to know who won the race and maybe the, some interesting facts about the raceway because the gatekeepers would love to talk about racing. And so I would always make my way into the office by talking racing. That's probably the right way to do it though, right? Oh yeah. You just gotta, you just gotta know your stuff just a little bit and then let them take the conversation from there. Right. Well, we started off in this long aside talking about injuries. Um, apparently Sony Michelle still in the black non-contact, but it looks like Holofield will get his first action this weekend against Nichols or Nichols State, if you're old school. Um, Rico McGraw appears to be going uh, going fine after his little shoulder injury. Um, and Pat Allen also was back. He's the offensive lineman. He got some reps. How's, um who is it, 77 Isaiah Wynn? Yeah, I did, there's nothing about I hadn't seen anything about Wynn this week okay, other good. than he'll he play. Right, times. right. I think that was a, I don't know, it was a cramp thing or whatever, but I, I haven't seen anything about Wynn this week other than and saying then, uh, he'll Michi, be fine. He, he went down. Yeah, I don't, I've seen nothing about Chucks either, but, you know, that's the that's the report as as I've seen it. Um, so I think everybody, I think everybody will be back. And but still surprised me to see Sony Michelle. If you think about, you think about it, why why rush Sony back in? Oh, yeah. Right. If if he has two more weeks to heal, you don't have to use him against Missouri or let him go out there and get a couple of reps just to get game action. But you bring a guy that doesn't have three weeks of a pounding on him against Miss, Ole Miss or Mississippi, whichever one you would call it. Um, I'm fine with that. Right. Um, but, you know, it looks like we're going to continue with the two-quarterback rotation against Nichols, um, which for how this— long, How long do you think that goes on for? I, I think it depends on, on Eason's development and what happens in the season. The funny thing is, is I, I don't feel any different about it than I did two weeks ago 
when I thought it was going to be an or situation, Eason was going to start. Right. Uh, I think we, we, I think we all kind of got to the point of agreement where we felt if it were going to be a situation where Eason starts, one of two things happen. He either just grabs a hold of the job and just, just absolutely strangleholds it, which frankly he hasn't done yet. I mean, you, we can have, we can say, yes, he looked eyeball test much better. But if you go back and look at some of his plays, it was clear he was a little too eager to make the long throw at times yeah, instead of checking lucky. down. Uh, we did get lucky. Bailed us out yeah, yeah, we did get lucky. Uh, so he didn't do check downs quite the way he wanted. There were a couple times uh, where we had to, we had, did have to take one time out because Eason didn't get the team to the line or quickly enough. And those are the sorts of things that, you know, in the end don't matter on the, on the micro level. The macro level can cost you a game. And then, you know, but the other way is if we turn out, you know, we turn around and we go into, say, the game after Tennessee, what is that, Vanderbilt maybe, and, you know, we're we're two and two uh, or three and two. At that point, you're like, okay, let's give the kid a shot. You know, we're kind of our goals are off the table. Um, You don't look as a build for next year. It's just like, let's give him, let's put him out there. Let's see what happens. Um and frankly, I don't, I don't see either of those things happening after what we saw last week in the Dome. It's a small sample size, but I, I think we continue to see the rotation at least through the end of Missouri game, and, and maybe beyond. Just depends on how the offense looks. But let's let's be very honest with one another. If we put up four hundred plus yards of offense rotating quarterbacks, I'm okay with that. Right, yeah. and it's interesting you bring that up because we witnessed that all weekend. It was almost like the weekend of two two quarterbacks as uh, coaches were trying to figure out. What to do? It, it worked great for Georgia. It worked good for Texas. Right. Um, you saw Auburn failing miserably with rotating three quarterbacks, and even Notre Dame. Brian Kelly looked like he smelled something bad because he was having to rotate uh, Deshaun Kaiser and uh, Zaire. Yeah. And, you know, Zaire kind of was standing next to Kelly on the sideline, like I can see my starting job sliding. Right. <laughs> I should have transferred to Syracuse or something. Right. Um, yeah. But what, get one thing I, I kind of got on. I, I kind of pointed out the. The last drive, the drive where Chubb broke open the 55-yarder that we talked about. Yeah, that about. was Lambert. Right, that was Lambert. And, and on Sunday we talked a little bit, and I think I brought it up. It's like It, it seemed like a really confusing decision. So I read something today on the, uh, the Get the Picture, uh, Senator Blutarski's uh, great blog, uh, that someone had noticed that it's possible that Lambert was put in deliberately to, to pull North Carolina's uh, offense up with the hope. They had a, they had a package, basically a package that worked was practiced and perfectly executed. That package is, we're going to put Lambert in at the end of the game. They know what's coming. They know we're going to run the ball. Basically, they had 10 guys in the box, essentially. And I went back and looked at that play, and they did. They had not quite 10 guys in the box. They had eight guys in the box. They had two more guys about four or five yards off the line in typical, you know, right and left, and then they had kind of a a deep safety. But they had had tied in and a pulling guard and basically sealed – they basically sealed that lane for Nick, and he posited the whoever the person that, that sent the email to Plutarski posited that was a plan play, right? Mm. They knew what they knew what they were going to see. Lambert was put in there with the express idea of yes, we're going to run the ball. We're not throwing the ball anymore, but we also wanted to get North Carolina in a defense that we felt like we could exploit. Now that might not be true, but here's the thing about that: if if we thought about it, if our coaching staff has thought about it, that kind of detail. Makes you feel pretty good mm-hmm. because we have seen more than one occasion where the thought process really does feel like, 
uh, well, this is the play we thought we were, we're going to run. We thought we could get, you know, we thought we this would work. And, you know, again, it might not have worked. We could have gone and we could have gone three and out run and Chubb, you know, dead, dead into the teeth of that defense and, and punted away to him. And, and they drove, they drove down scoring. I mean, that could have happened. Right. But it worked this time. And it makes you feel good that possibility that they actually had a plan even then to put when they put Lambert back in was reminiscent of his very first touchdown run against Clemson back in 2014 when he lost his shoe. Right, that's a good point. Right down the sideline. Right side it almost looked like a similar play. Yeah, and, and that's one thing. I went back and looked at even the Easton throws. Um, it felt like our offense was uh, – we ran a lot of different sets. But the, the bones of our offense under Bobo is still there. <laughs> Right. It makes sense. If you think about Jim Cheney as a guy that he likes to use the talent at his disposal, you think about who Georgia has recruited. Um, it'll be interesting to me to see how that evolves over time. But, you know, I was really I was pretty fired up when I, when I saw we, we had three tight ends in our first play from scrimmage. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. to me. Yeah. I mean, there's not that many teams that ran three tight ends and also ran trips in the same game on the same offense with the same quarterback essentially I, I lambert didn't run trips but uh but still it was, it's it's interesting to see that i love the pistol uh with eason because it gives you the opportunity to do a number of things and it really calls us those middle linebackers to have to figure out okay am i spying um chubb or or whomever the running back is because you always have the quick toss you know your quarterback is already two steps into his, his five-step drop, uh, which basically opens up quick slants and other passing uh, short passing options. It also gives um, – Well, I mean, you saw jet sweeps with Right, and, and you saw the jet sweep, which counts as pass plays. I, I didn't think about it, but I went back and looked, and the reason it does is because he does – it's not a handoff. It's a, it's a, it's a shovel, flip. right? Yeah. So um, that is, someone pointed out that, you know, well, Easton didn't do that great. Uh, because he did have he did have a lot of yards through jet sweeps. Well, okay, that may be all well and good, but he also threw a ball uh, a, a fifty. Uh, well, it was, it was thrown forty something yards. Right. Actually, from the line of scrimmage, forty something yards that hit his his uh, hit his, his his receiver in stride and and had everybody fooled by looking off the the center safety. So, I'm get out you know get off my back. Yeah. So what do you think we'll see this weekend? You think they're going to, of course, they're going to play it close to the vest. I mean, this this team shouldn't even be on the same field with maybe Grace in high school. Right, right. It's going to be super vanilla. Um, I think this opportunity to get some guys uh, reps. I think we will see a lot more of Eason. I think we'll they will put Eason in situations where they say the long pass might be there, especially if we get a lead. The long pass might be there. We want you to go through your progressions and check down. Right, and, and hopefully our line can hold off their defensive line long enough that even after the check down, the long pass may still be there. But mm-hmm. um, you know, our running game should be good enough to even if it turns out to be an ugly thirty-one something affair against them, our running game should be enough to keep us in keep them at arm's length the whole time. Now, we've seen this situation before, right, where we come out with this big win and then turn around and flounder against a. I don't, I don't, I don't feel that happening i don't feel that happening Not, i right. would have if it was right. rigged right uh, maybe maybe that's right but the other part about it that that strikes me is that we will see some uh we'll see a lot of players get time on defense even either guys we didn't see this past week um, did uh did Miko hardman play last week uh yeah that's a good question i have no idea um i could look at because i know i read that notes. he was in the dime package practicing this week in the dime package yeah in that in michael hardman's the kind of the kind of guy that i'm thinking of that you'll see get some more play get get a lot of time i, I think we've seen fewer red shirts over the past couple of years and that was a that was a strategy that coach rick kind of incorporated by necessity um 
I, we're not I, Wake Forest here, redshirting everybody. Well, I see, I see that happening now because Kirby is of the mindset that, hey, if we're going to play some football, let's play football. If you come here and you 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 earn a starting spot, we don't care. Like Charlie Warner, I mean, he he was listed as a starter as a true freshman, which means he jumped two five stars, right? Yeah, a, a five star in his class and five star in Blazevich. That's pretty impressive. It says a lot about Warner from Raven County of all places. From Raven County of all places, that says a lot about Warner, and he showed it. I mean, he was he was a stud. Uh, he was stud when he was blocking. Uh, he dropped that pass. He had no business dropping, but you know that's the way it goes, and that happens. But it was nice to just actually target tight ends a couple times too. Oh yeah, yeah, because it kind of went bye bye last season. Yeah, it was it was it was painfully obvious that we had had forgotten about that. So, but defensively, again, I think we'll see a lot of players out there. You know, I, I'll be honest, and it could be pure hubris on my part. I haven't done a lot of breakdown of Nichols. Um, I can't even tell you what happened in their game last week. I could look it up if I wanted to. They didn't play. Um, they didn't play. Okay, they had the the vaunted uh, they had the vaunted Scott Duvall Memorial Week One bye. I see, <laughs> um, but yeah. Oh, that's why you don't care about practicing this week. I'm sorry. As an aside, Scott and I were talking about practicing. We are scheduled yeah, for flag football. For flag football, our teams are scheduled to practice Saturday morning. Well, I don't know if you know, we have a noon kickoff, which means well, not not only Saturday morning, but ten thirty. Ten thirty Saturday morning until eleven thirty. So we have a noon kickoff. As you might imagine, I'm not going to have many players from my team there if if we were to try to hold that practice. So I was trying to work out a time with Scott where we could practice, maybe get a joint scrimmage in. He's like, Nah, we're gonna we're just gonna bump it. I completely forgot you had the week one by. Yeah, you slide dog. Yeah, you slide dog. Yeah, see, I get to practice. In you got the nickel state by. Yeah, to fill y'all in, our flag football season starts on September fifteenth. Yeah, mm-hmm. September fifteenth, mm-hmm. and there's which only is a week five from teams. Thursday. A week from, I guess if you if you so, if you're able to get this out, it'll right. be thir- a week from when you're hearing this. Yeah, probably. so um, and there's five teams in our league, so we drew the week one by, and initially I was kind of disappointed. Then I'm like, wait a minute, we got a whole <laughs> extra week of practice in. Whole week of practice. So and we get to watch your games because we practice on the adjacent. Field. Yeah, you come and watch us play. So That's fine. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, we're. I will tell you right now, we're going to run heavy. We're run heavy. Oh yeah, and uh, it's. Uh, I think we have one ten eleven year pass play. Yeah, yeah. So, but getting back to uh, getting back to Nichols, um, you know, Do we have to. Well, they, you know, they weren't a great team last year, and this is a classic mismatch. Now, will we pull what Mark Rick did last week uh, with Miami versus Florida A and M and put seventy on the team? That would surprise me a lot, but it would also surprise me if we need fourteen second or fourth quarter points to pull away, a la Florida versus UMass, right? right? So well, UMass could be considered an SEC East team this year. They play three <laughs> SEC teams. Yeah, they 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 actually and they the way they live against Florida, they could finish third. <laughs> uh, they play South Carolina. Oh boy, that should be interesting. Yeah, I think they also play Mississippi State this week or something, right? I don't know. South we'll, Carolina plays at Mississippi State this week. Oh, that's right. Well, we'll talk about we'll we'll get to the pick them in yeah, a few minutes. We'll get to that later. So first off, I, I was just wondering, like, do you know anything about? I know we just kind of talked about it, but we're resetting it up. Do you know anything about Nichols? Oh, they're in Louisiana. They're in Thibodeau. Thibodeau, is that right? Yeah, yeah, Thibodeau. You don't have to look it up. I don't know. They're they're in Louisiana. Um, They are the Cowboys. Is that right? Did I get that right? I don't even know. Look, we have the internet. They're the Colonels. The Colonels. Oh, they are the Colonels. They're the Colonels. Um, Do you know? That's what I have. (laughs) Yeah, but the reason why I bring that up, I was wondering if there's – I have some trivia for you. Okay. Just one question, one trivia question. Okay, yeah. Can you name and I've looked there's a couple, but there's one prominent at least to me. There's a couple songs that are popular in both country music and in Cajun music that reference Thibodeau, Louisiana. Can you name any of those? Um, I wanna say 
And um, I don't, I don't know if you have any kind of uh, proficiency in country music or Cajun music. Um, there is. I'm trying to think of the name of the band. Um, People are yelling at it right now. Yeah, they, they, they really are. You probably are. Um, not, it's not the Nitty Gritty Dirt band, uh, but the band that kind of did the the Zydeco music, not Zydeco, but the Cajun music. Um, you're gonna tell me? I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Just tell me. Well, I, I only had two of them. Yeah. Listed. One is a George Strait song, uh-huh. Adeline. Does it mention Thibodeau? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah All right. it, it rhymes in part of it, but it's... Uh, hold on. Hold, please. Yeah. This is where you go refresh your drink if you're listening at home. Okay, so I misspoke. It's not Adeline. It's Adelida. Adelida. Oh, yeah. okay. Adelida. Yeah, that's right. See, it's Cajun. Yeah. Will's gonna love this. That's not, he's not gonna love it worth a damn. It's not Hayes Carl, is it? Because that would be awesome. Yeah, I have no idea who Hayes Carl is. Okay, here, here we go. You can tell he's about to rhyme it. And there we go. There we go. What's the other one? The other one is even better than this one. It's Thibodeau. I guess Thibodeau must it's be in, in south, the... It's southeast Louisiana. Kind of... Kind of. Okay, I'm going to give you a hint. It's kind of near the swamps. Well... That's a hint yeah. for the song that I'm referencing. All right, you ready? Yeah. Jerry Reed? Are you serious? Yeah. Moses was a Cajun. He lived by himself in the swamp. He hunted alligator for a living. He just knock him in the head with a stone. The Louisiana law gonna get James. <laughs> it ain't legal hunting alligator down in the swamp. All right, here we go. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's not this part. It's the, it's the chorus. When Amos Moses was a boy, he had daddy would use him for alligator bait. See, you have no way of knowing that alligator bait was like a common. I'm going to use this alligator bait while I was growing up. Wow. And there we go. So it's out near home home in Morgan City. I just looked it up on a map. Wow. And I I bet you didn't know that we'd be referencing Jerry Reed on this podcast episode. Well, you certainly, certainly, you would have probably thought we'd have referenced the. The greatest uh, buddy buddy road trip movie in the history of the world, smoking the bandit, right? Right. So right, yeah. and you know this is the type of information that you're just not going to get from Chip and Seth. Well, it's <laughs> as great as they are. <laughs> so now that we've, I think we've officially exhausted uh, the Colonels and the Georgia and the. Talk. Oh, by the way, Georgia is a 48 point favorite. That seems low. No, I don't know why it seems. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, seven it, touchdown favorite. It, what's crazy is we're and we're, we'll get to the Illinois North Carolina game uh, in a, in right, a minute. Will did call in. Will did call in. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, did you bring your whistle up? Because I think you appropriately should blow the whistle at the, the end. Whistle of the whistle is yeah. in my car. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, there's like 24 points North Carolina, which seems really high to me. But whatever. Um, I think he predicted. Well, I'm, I'll I'll let him do it. Um, so, <laughs> so now that we're done with week one. We're getting into week two, and this week's games is really putrid. I mean, there's the only good game that you might even consider watching is Tennessee 
and uh, Virginia Tech. There's also Mississippi State and South Carolina going on this weekend. And other than that, it's kind of slim pickings. Yeah, I, and we'll, we're, I assume we'll go through the uh, fun office pools yeah, in a few we'll, minutes. Yeah, we'll go through but... that in a minute. But what I wanted to do was I wanted to recap a little bit of week one, week two, when, as it pertains to the SEC. Yeah. Because you know Georgia had a good week. Yes. Bama had a good week. And the only other team, in my opinion, in the SEC that had a good week was Texas A&M because they won a game they probably shouldn't have. Yeah. Against UCLA. That sounds right. So, you know, you had Tennessee struggle against Appalachian State. They should have lost that game. I mean, Josh yeah, Dobbs it was, it was tried to lose it. It was overtime. Yeah. And then um, Florida struggles. Yeah. And then Ole Miss, we saw what happened to them. Do you? What are your thoughts on that game? Because they looked like they were going to blow doors. Um, it looks like Hugh Freeze got out coached in the second half by Jameis Winston and Jimbo by any by, by Red Lightning by anybody <laughs> on the Florida State sideline. It yeah. was crazy how much that game changed. And it was like, hey, let's let's keep doing the same thing over. Maybe it'll work one more time. Right. Right. That's the way it felt to me. Right. Um, yeah, so you had Tennessee struggle, Florida struggle, Ole Miss struggled in the second half. Mississippi State struggles a, a very <laughs> kind word to put on what they did with uh, South Alabama. Yeah, uh, that's uh, just I, f- I feel bad for Mississippi State. I mean, they had you know three years ago they were ranked number one in the nation and had uh, a, a transcendent player, and now they've they've lost a FCS team. Vanderbilt, South Carolina played each other, yeah. so they both struggled. Someone had to win that game. Yeah. Um, Arkansas, I didn't see it. Didn't I couldn't even tell you they played. It was a one-point ball game. Okay, I heard they didn't do so well. 21-20 against La Tech. Now, Louisiana Tech is a decent Still, football team. They're and, a Sun Belt team. And it's Arkansas, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's September in Arkansas. Of what yeah. do you and then, uh, and then And then if you bring up Kentucky. You know what happened in that game? They, they lost like a 28-point lead? They lost a 28-point lead to the offensive coordinator they fired last year. Shannon Dawson was our offensive coordinator last year, and they fired him. He was the sacrificial lamb for what happened last year, right? I think it's pretty easy to see what happened in the Boston College Georgia Tech game. The problem was not Shannon Dawson. It was the quarterback they had there, right? Patrick Tolles, yeah. yeah. Who's, who's now quarterbacking at Boston, Boston College. College. He's, he's who looked exactly good. the same way at Boston College that uh, he did for Kentucky. Wow. Um, and now Southern Miss is a they're a pretty good mid major team. I mean, but see, I twenty eight point game is just crazy. All right, yeah, we're gonna have to do something about that. Sorry about that, guys. I have my tablet and I have autoplay on stuff. You have your Radio Shack tablet. There it goes again. Me. What the? He does not have an iPad. It's some Radio yeah, Shack it's, tablet. It's it's yes, it's an Asus so, transformer. There's three teams I have not mentioned yet. LSU. Struggled. Wah, wah. I mean, struggled. I mean, uh, yeah. No, there's no excuse for losing to Wisconsin. Look, if you lose to Wisconsin, 35, 34 on some fluke, that's one thing. But they just looked. They looked like they looked terrible. Well, you were high on LSU. I, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad glad you brought that up because two of my two of my national championship teams, uh, two of my national playoff teams lost LSU and Notre Dame. Another one did not look great in Clemson. So. Clearly, don't listen to what I'm saying. Don't listen to Tony. Uh, Mizzou, they lost to West Virginia in yeah. Morgantown. Yeah. Well, that was a close game. And then Auburn playing three quarterbacks. <laughs> I, I think the wheels have fallen off the Gus bus. I really do. It's really – it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. And they he, almost won. That's, that's yeah. where you kind of get them to that yeah. point where Clemson – I mean, their victory. defense is legit still. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens if they get to a point where Gus can trust one quarterback to be merely competent because uh, – 
I think it's Sean White, and I understand why you don't play Sean. I understand. Maybe, maybe Stan White would be better. Stan White might be better. But, you know, it's just, oh, God, that game just looked like, I mean, it was like Scream 2. It just, like, kept watching it, and you're like, come on, something different's got to happen, right? And then it doesn't happen. You're like, well, I knew that was going to happen. It was just <laughs> terrible. Uh, yeah, so, so yeah, that's what, that's what the SEC's looking at. And, you know, Right when I heard all the national pundits saying how bad of a week the SEC had, I'm like, oh, they're just trashing this. They really did have a horrible week well, as a conference. They had a week that a lot of conferences have, right? But, but it's the but, SEC, and you don't think that that would happen. Well, it's two things. It's the SEC. Um, the the second is that it happened on the first weekend right, where everybody where it's very visible, right? And SEC, finally, the narrative always was, well, the SEC doesn't really play anybody well, outside it, of conference, you got a good which, point, is, which is crap because they have. Usually, it's it's like what Florida does or right, Arkansas does. Right. They play just a right. you know mid major right. or or less, yeah, right? or less. But you know, it's crap. I mean, Georgia. I mean, this is the, probably the fifth or sixth time Alabama's played this sort of game. Oh, yeah. The past five years, Georgia or seven years, Georgia's played Boise State and Clemson twice. Um, you know, LSU has played these games. Um, Ole Miss has played these games. Um, I mean, there's almost always an SEC team in the, in the Chick-fil-A kickoff classic, right? right. So, uh, I mean, Auburn and Clemson is a good example. I mean, Auburn and Clemson played last year. But, you know, because this this time, because it's uh, it creates a neat narrative. But I think the thing that is probably most surprising is not so much how – the teams at the top did right. Uh, the uh, absent the LSU game, I think that's the one that that probably surprises most people. Um, the mo- that surprises the people the most is that that there, some of those those middle level games just really turned out bad, and it it doesn't help when the team that people think can unseat Alabama and LSU lose to to Wisconsin, a Wisconsin team that people think right, are rebuilding, right. and then the media appointed king of the dipshits in Tennessee mm-hmm. has come out and just about craps the bed against <laughs> App State. This, despite how good App State is as a football program, it's and probably will State. be, they're still App State, right? You know, but that's it's to be expected. And I think you you end up playing the season and look. Clemson runs the table. It doesn't really matter how they run the table. They still run the table, and no, people are going to forget that they barely beat a six and five. Right. I mean, a six and six Auburn team. Right, right. Oh, you're I being mean, kind with six and six. I, yeah, I think I, I think it's it's on the table. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the really interesting thing to me is which is the first coach in the SEC which is going to be fired. I think it's Mark Stoops. It feels like it's Mark Stoops. That's where I was going. Right. Yeah. yeah they. That's that's a. You fired the offensive coordinator and blamed him. I mean, he's the sacrificial goat for what happened last year. And then suddenly, you know, he comes and engineers his offense engineers a twenty eight point comeback on the road yeah, against on you. On your home field. Yeah. Maybe he's just used to coaching the Commonwealth. Maybe that's what it is. What or mean? or maybe maybe Kentucky's really that bad. It's Kentucky. I mean, it's they're, Kentucky. They're already looking at their basketball schedule. Which he they, is. They he can. Stoops could possibly be the 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 fourth best uh, Stoops brother coach, and, and the one this co- assistant junior high coach somewhere. Yeah, he always looks like he ate something bad too. I mean, <laughs> he's just got that look on his face. He just looks like something. <laughs> he's just coaching in pain, like needs a Pepto or something. Yeah. So Saturday marks the 2016 home opener, and as we've mentioned, we're playing Nickel State. So I figured it might be interesting. Just to take up the Wayback Machine and go back uh, 10 years to the 2006 home opener. And I was mistaken. I thought it was UAB when uh, we won 34 nothing. But we had a game before that where Georgia beat Western Kentucky 48-12. to Okay. But the interesting point was after that game, 
the dogs in 2006, went on the road to South Carolina, and that's where Matthew Stafford had his first game. And so I see a little bit of parallel. Ten years later, Matthew Stafford started for Georgia in his home opener yeah. of, uh, of UAB. You know, it's interesting you brought Matt Stafford because a lot of people are drawn to the comparison of Matt Stafford and Jacob Eason. There are two things about Jacob Eason that I think are different. Mm-hmm. One, Eason seems much more aware of whether it's been beat into him or whether it can't be beaten out of Matthew Stafford because Matthew Stafford still does this. Eason seems a little aware that his arm can't always save him. Yeah. Right. And and the second thing is that Stafford always had that look about him. It's like, bro, I got this. Right. And right. and Easton looks eager. Right. <laughs> Stafford's never looked yeah. eager. I mean, Matthew Stafford. I mean, he's cuddling Joe Cox and doesn't look eager. Right. <laughs> I mean, let's be clear. We all love our gingies. but the uh, the but you know that's the, the the truth of the matter is is that that is a. Um, that's a really interesting. There's a really interesting parallel, but I think Jacob Eason is has a different mentality than Matthew Stafford. We'll see how that pays off or doesn't pay off, but um, I think the comparisons to the arm is definitely there. Right, and the, the reason why I remembered that in 2006 Matthew Stafford started the UAB game, which yeah. is the second home game, is because you, if you come up my stairs, I have something framed. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a newspaper, and it's got Matthew Stafford. On it, it says it's got a UAB defender trying to tackle him, and he's throwing the ball, and it says 34 nothing. It says, new dog unleashed. Yeah. It just so happened my oldest son, Jack, he was six months old at the time. That was his first Georgia game. Oh, yeah. And the fact that the headline said, new dog unleashed, I just thought that that was such a neat parallel. Wait a minute. 06, o- that was the... That was the Joe Cox miracle miracle year too mm-hmm. against, against Colorado. Colorado. Yeah, that was right. my son Charlie's first game. Okay, yeah, there you go. So we yeah. both, yeah, because our sons are the same age, yeah. our oldest sons. So um, yeah, new dog unleashed. Yeah, uh, for the UAB game with Matthew Stafford. So let me go back to twenty years ago. Okay, that would have been ninety six. Can you can you remember? It was something very ominous, very bad. The home opener. Uh, we l- we didn't lose, but it was a close game to someone like Richmond. No, no, you're 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 on the right track. It was Jim Donnan's first game. Okay. Then I don't remember it. We played Southern Miss. Oh. And we lost 11 to 7. We lost to an 11er? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I remember. That sounds right. I was in Europe. I was in college at the time, and I was traveling through Europe doing what 20-year-olds do. And so I (laughs) called my dad. Uh I was like, so, you know, how did the Georgia? And he didn't want to talk to me about it. He he knew that I was out out of country and didn't want to say it, and so it took me a little prodding, and Finally, he said it was eleven to seven. Where and, out of country you know, were you? I was in Germany. Yeah, so I was at least. Yeah, I, was I, I understand why your dad was not trying to ruin that for you, right, too. Right. So. so I'm. So yeah, that was one of the worst home opener. I'm just glad I wasn't in country. I, I, it doesn't even register for me. Yeah. Although I have seen some some clips of it. It was it was just awful. But yeah, but Jim Donnan's first game was an eleven to seven loss, and we ended up going five and six that year in '96. Uh that sounds right. Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was back when uh, we only played eleven games. Yeah, for the for the year. So now jumping back thirty years, Clemson. No, we played somebody before that Clemson game. Oh, we played Duke that year. Duke. We played Duke. That's right. That was my first year of college. I was a freshman. That's before I actually started school. Nineteen eighty six. Nineteen eighty six. Beat and, Duke thirty one to seven. Yeah, that was right. And that game happened. And and people who are listening today are like, oh God, you really are old. We're on the quarter systems, and we didn't start school till like September twenty fifth. Uh, it was late when we started school, so we had like three or four home games before we got to that. Um, so yeah, that's right. We did play Duke, didn't we? Yeah, played yeah. Duke and then lost to Clemson the next week. Yeah, yeah. And 
for some reason, I didn't come up. Oh, I probably hadn't started school. I was probably still working. I didn't come up for the Duke game, but I came to the Clemson. I was at the Clemson game. That's why I thought Clemson. And it's funny you say Richmond. You threw out Richmond. The other yeah, they, they played Richmond that year. Yeah, yeah, later in the year. But that was an eight and four. Well, I had a I had a roommate season. that did the best. Uh, we would do in law school. I had a roommate that was really good at um, Vince Dooley, and I would I do Larry Munson. He do Vince Dooley. We do interviews in the student lounge at the law school. He'd be like, we're like, Coach, we got. We got problems this week. What do you think about Richmond? And he'd be like, uh, "Richmond's got the oranges kicking tees of any team we played this season." It was it, we had a whole shtick. So because uh, we played Richmond again, I want to say in like '91 or two, uh, and or, or it could be that we just were calling the '86 game because we were both would have been freshmen that year. But either way, um, so speaking of the Richmond Spiders, uh, no, I, I intentionally put Virginia and. Um, Somebody on that, uh, it's somebody because they lost to Richmond in Bronco Mendehall's first game, badly lost to Richmond. So Virginia just it doesn't look like they're going to get out of their funk of just not being a very good football. Well, I mean, I think at some point Bronco Mendehall can change that, but uh, it's yeah. whatever Mike London left over. Well, much. yeah, and funny thing is they they Virginia took Mike London from Richmond. <laughs> That's why they're playing them. This was a payday game oh, for getting Mike London. That's brutal. That's yeah. brutal. All right, so jumping back to 1976, the year I was born. Home opener, a Pac-12 team. Um, See if you can guess that. Oregon State. Nope. Would not have been UCLA. Nope. Who was it? Cal. Oh, I didn't we know we played. We Cal. played Cal. Okay. Yeah, we won thirty-six to twenty-four in nineteen seventy-six, which was a great season. It was a ten and two. Yeah. SEC championship. Yeah, we we played, played in the Sugar Bowl that year, right? Mm-hmm. Played Pitt. Yep. Beat Pittsburgh. No, I'm sorry. We lost to Pittsburgh in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. That year, pretty badly, twenty-seven yeah. to three. Yeah, that was Tony Dorsett's uh, Heisman's campaign. And so finally, I figured we'd go back one more just just for the heck of it to 1966. How old were you in 66? I was negative two. Okay. All right. I kind of figured I was negative 10. Um, And the home opener for that game, it was very strange because they had three road games to start the season in 1966. Yeah, that's back when the SEC schedule was really weird. You basically scheduled, you had to schedule like six, between six and eight. Georgia had four home games that year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, But well, Florida would count as a home game. Is yeah. why we played ten games with Florida Cal's home game. They opened the season against Mississippi State and Jackson. Yeah, uh, and then they went to Roanoke to play VMI. Okay, uh, and they they won that. Then they went to Columbia and beat South Carolina seven to nothing. And then their home opener was against Colonel Reb. I about to say I was going to say Mississippi because yep. a lot for a long time that was our that was a uh, early season tilt for Georgia. And so they won nine to three. So there's your little trek down memory lane for uh, the years that end in six. I like it. Yeah. Okay, so that was a fun little trip down memory lane and years that end in six. We had mentioned at the beginning that Will is out of town. Right. He's uh, doing some very important NFL video. I, I'm not sure if it's actually going to end up on TV um, or if it's going to be on other media platforms like the Internet and, and such, but he's doing it for um, Sports Illustrated, if I understand him correctly. Uh, which is why he's out of town tonight on Wednesday. He is going to join us right, for many of these podcasts. Uh, you heard him in the background because that's uh, that's what happened. He phoned so. he phoned it in. So he literally phoned it in. Yeah, he did. He he phoned he it in. Literally phoned it in. So um, this is Will's Illinois minute. Although he gets a little bit sidetracked, just try to keep up. It's about two minutes worth. 
Hey, guys, I'm sorry not to be there. Uh, I'm going to have to miss a few shows this year, as mentioned before. For those that don't know, I'm doing a weekly show called Pro Football Now for SI for Sports Illustrated and SI Now. You can see it on SI.com. Unfortunately, it sends me to New York City when I should be doing WSLS podcast. So I'm going to do the Sunday shows, but I'm going to have to make these sort of cameos during the week. Uh, I'd rather be with you guys. That said, we're not here to talk about my work stuff. We're here to talk about two things. Number one, uh, I know this is the Illinois minute, so I'm going to make the Illinois part very brief. Illinois, of course, is playing North Carolina, the team that our Bulldogs just vanquished last week. I will say I feel like Trubisky didn't blow me away last week, and all told, after I was nervous as that game made Georgia fans couple special team things here or there and really only one solid drive and Georgia could have actually run away with that game so not that that means that Illinois is going to win but I feel like Illinois uh, particularly in Lovey says big night game uh, in Memorial Stadium people are very excited I think Illinois keeps it close but loses um, but certainly does not embarrass itself the way it did last year against North Carolina now I will be at the Nickel State game with my older son William I am very thrilled for this game because it's the first game of the season, for crying out loud. Uh, unfortunately, it's a noon game. But realize the way the schedule is set this week, there are na- this season, there are no more games until October 1st, So, which is, of course, the Tennessee game, which could end up being massive. So I will say that the schedule works out very well for us to have a short tailgate, but really will not get going on until October 1st. So I just want everyone to – that is my prediction. Uh, if you're looking for a game prediction, I'll give one of these every week. My prediction is Georgia – 52, Nickel State, 7. See you guys at Sanford. Go dogs. So he doesn't pick a cover. Wow. I have, I'm convinced Will has no idea what the point spread is. No, no. In fact, you can't find it on online. You've kind of got to – it's not – like you have to Vegas be a, or anything. You, have to you be gotta be like a real degenerate degenerate yeah. gambler. Yeah. Like you yeah, are. Yeah, looking at those. No, but I don't I I I keep in, I keep track of the lines, but I haven't placed a bet on any kind of online gaming system since like the mid nineties when it was really sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah when they had yeah. people like manipulating everything back there. But <laughs> yeah, I learned my lesson back But you were college. convinced you were gonna make it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and if I had one, I'm sure they wouldn't have paid me anyway. Before we get into the pick'em contest, I did have one other little exercise for you, Tony. Okay. This is not what I would call a lightning round. Okay. But it it is a uh, three questions that okay. I'm going to want your opinion on. I'm ready. I've already formulated my opinion on these, and they they do have to do with football and Athens and okay. all that good stuff. So okay, good. I have opinions. Yes, you do. I thought you needed facts. No, no, I, no. I don't need I have, facts. I have facts, but not about this. Right. So question number one, and I don't think we have like an official name. What we're we're just going to call this three questions. for Three Tony. questions for Tony. <laughs> so question number one. After Saturday at the Dome, my two boys who were with me, I was there with my boys and my dad, but my two boys who were 10 and 8 both unanimously agreed that that was the best game ever that they had been to, they had seen. And I'll give them that. But to be fair, there is a chance that if they catch an extra point on Saturday, because we sit behind the goalposts, that that might then become the best game ever. And then they'll go around telling everybody that the Nickel State game was the best game ever. So that's, that that's, seems legit. Yeah. So that's coming from the mind of an eight and 10 year old. So I set that up by saying, Tony, I want to know what is your best game ever that you've witnessed in person? That's a hard question because the best game I witnessed, the best college football game I witnessed in person was a Georgia loss. 
Um, and that would have been the 2012 SEC championship game as right. an objective well, college lot, football. I think a fan. lot of people would agree with that, yeah. right? But the best game in person. But, that, but think, think of put yourself in Charlie's. Head. In Charlie, well, it's yeah, like yeah. Your best um, game ever. It would have been the LSU game in what was it, 13 or 14, where we just came out and just housed them, and and yeah, it was a closer game, but it ended up being like it was a crazy close late game. Because of LSU, um, just the atmosphere was crazy. I wasn't here for the the blackout game. Um, I was in Illinois at the time. I was actually, play, actually playing a softball tournament. It was forty degrees playing a softball tournament because it was like mid September or whatever the time. Winter was November, but yeah. Um, you know, the probably the closest thing to the next closest thing is when we um, uh, when we won the Sugar Bowl in O two. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, exactly. um, yeah, uh, yeah. That, I almost that, put that down. Yeah, because just because we'd finally, or or, or or the SEC championship game that year, because we'd finally like, oh my God, we finally won an SEC championship because, you know, it had been 20 years, right? Or 20, 30 years, I mean, not 20 years. So, you know, but I, as far as games, looking at like through my son's eyes or in my kid's eyes, it, I would probably say the LSU game in 13, 14, whatever year that was that we, they, they came here and we beat them. Yeah. I went with, the 2003 Tennessee game in Knoxville. Yeah, I wasn't Sean there. Sean Jones fumble yeah. game. Casey Clausen yeah. Sean, and Sean. They were going in for the tying score or something. At halftime. At halftime. Yeah. And yeah. they fumbled it on like the two Sean Jones picked up. Larry Munson had one of his best calls. Oh, yeah. We were, we were actually at my parents' house. Uh, my father, wife, and I, or at the time, a fiance, and I were watching that game. Uh, and I have a lot of stories why I knew um, why I knew she was perfect for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was one of those games because she hated Casey Clawson with a passion. If you ever see her, we, I cannot, <laughs> under no circumstances, can I repeat what she said about Casey Clawson <laughs> on any media. But uh, she she will, to this day, say, we need to Casey Clawson his ass. Oh, nice. Right, and that is a specific so reference. She uses his name as a verb now, right? Yes, specific oh. reference to that moment. So well, Georgia won that game forty-one fourteen, and I remember I was there with my wife, and it's 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 really great to go to Knoxville when you do that because those Tennessee fans will not wait around; they are gone, yeah, they are scattered, and it was an amazing. I sat next to uh, Billy Bennett's dad, yeah. Oh, game. cool. He was cool. He was, that was that was a that was a fun game. So. All right, I have on, a, on, as ahead. an aside, I have a great story. Um, so when I was at uh, when I worked at University of Georgia the first time, I had some students go up for uh, it would have been a game where um, it would have been a game where Jimmy Clausen was still a recruit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he was uh, that I had a couple of students go in the bathroom. <laughs> They're in the bathroom. Jimmy Clausen comes in and like ah Georgia fans, blah blah blah. You know, why don't you come play for us? I'm gonna come play for Tennessee. It's like that's fine. We'll beat your ass four years in a row like we did your brother. <laughs> So I thought that's neat, especially since it's a Jimmy Clausen story. <laughs> it's a good Jimmy Clausen story. All right, we'll go on to question two. So, Tony, <laughs> I'm a uniform guy. You are indeed a uniform guy. I'm a uniform guy. Helmets, pants, jerseys. I might not always like them. Whatever team wears it, but it does intrigue me. You yes. Know, the, whether it be the style or the reason they're wearing it, it, it intrigues me, even though they might it, just be. And awful. let's be clear, you you come about that a little lot because your wife is a she's a fashion yes. blogger and a, a right. I mean, yeah. this isn't a no. this isn't a. I think uniforms are neat because I'm Scott. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, that, maybe it's a little bit it. that, but I whatever. Get it honest. Yeah. yeah. In fact, she's in. She's flying to New York right now for New York Fashion Week. For Fashion Week. So I'm so. Uh, I'm home alone with three children for five days. Yeah. 
Bless his brother. Yeah. Well, we're gonna have fun at the game on Saturday until yeah. my daughter says, "Daddy, it's time Daddy's to go time home." Are you coming tailgate with us? She wants. Yeah. Us. Yeah. We'll All stop right, by and um, she's gonna. I'm gonna fill her a little backpack full of Barbies and stuff, and we're gonna play cool. with that. I'll have plenty of uh, like I have plenty of funyuns and bugles and uh, coke for them. Yeah. Put the get the bugles so they can put them on their fingers. And yeah. Pretend, yeah. Exactly. So anyway, to set that up, what I want to know what your favorite alternate uniform that you've seen either this year or last year or the year before and why and which one you also detest and why and it can't be uga no no black jersey or anything this can't be uga alternate can i detest an alternate jersey for uga because i have a very specific example no no we're not we're not we're so not we're not talking, talking about the boise state game we're not talking no everybody agrees with that that's awful but it can't be uga i want to know a uniform combo or helmet or whatever that you really like and then one that you just it has to get off the field. Probably my favorite alternative would be. Um, and it could be more than one. I, well, I'm, I'm going to go with any of the number of things Navy does. Um, I, I think agree. that I, that's just really cool to me because it has meaning. It's not a bald face ploy to sell more jerseys. Um, my least favorite alternate is pretty much everything Oregon does because they started it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, dude, you started out with lime green and went downhill. Uh, a close second would be anything. Anybody in uh, in the Tennessee, Clemson, and Florida realm does with more orange. <laughs> well, I wrote down that my favorite, my absolute favorite helmet. I have two of them. Yeah, it's a, it's a shiny Kentucky thing. No. <laughs> that, that no, you can't see that from you know, space. airplanes. And you see that from yeah, space. Could, if they get lost, they could radio for help or something. Or, um, but I like the East Carolina helmet with the pirate. Yeah, that's not bad. And the, yeah. they don't wear that all the time. Yeah. Uh, and then I also love that army camo helmet that they wore. I didn't think about back. that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just a straight up camo. That was, that was sweet. And for honorary mention, uh-huh. Purdue, and let me explain this. They have train tracks down. Oh, I, the yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. No, I just I think just, that's really clever. I do you really? Them, I give them, and I would huh. never say anything nice about Purdue or the big 10, but I do like the train tracks. Cause it's subtle, um, for that. But the least favorites, I really hate the smoky grays. Yeah, that's basically terrible. What they stand for, but yeah, it's, it's terrible. Just, it's like your color scheme does not include gray. And no, and, and on top of that, it makes it impossible to see the numbers. It's just, it's like, damn, can y'all could afford some Clorox? Yeah, I don't. That's mind, I don't mind me. their black jersey they wore for Halloween one night, um, and they did wear that against South Carolina a couple years ago. Black jersey, uh, um, and it was Halloween. Yeah, that was appropriate. Yeah, I really don't like the Louisville Cardinals. For I don't like their coach. You mean, I don't like you, their defensive. You mean the scary, the scary bird helmet. The scary, the angry. Yeah, bird angry helmet. bird helmet. Yeah, terrible. Everybody saw that last year. And their lettering, their font, they're like sans serif font. I don't know. Yeah. It was like old English font. No, it's um, all kinds of serifs. And then the worst helmet in the whole, whole entire world is the Tech Honeycomb helmet. <laughs> it looks like something you get out of a package of cereal or something. <laughs> Actually, that's really good. Like, look, actually, this is the first uniform. This is the first uniform conversation has actually been amusing. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. No, Thank you're you. welcome. We'll, we'll continue this, <laughs> and we would love to hear y'all's opinions on great or preferably horrible uh, putrid uniforms. So that does it on that. I, I wish Will could have been here for that. Yeah, um, he, <laughs> we'll yeah. ask him next week yeah. or whenever. We I have a feeling him. he's going to agree with you about Purdue yeah. or not agree with you or something about yeah. Purdue. Yeah, yeah. he's going to hate anything Indiana does too, and. You and know. and Northwestern. By the way, Northwestern lost. Go Cats. Yeah. That's for you, Will. Yeah. So question number three, Saturday marks the first of six home games this year. We, meaning you and myself, both live in Athens, and we take it for granted, I feel, at times. I know I do. I have to check myself. Mm-hmm. And there are thousands of friends and family members and strangers that are UGA grads and alumni who they might not 
get back for every other year or maybe once a year, you know, during the home, uh, during a home game or something. So pretend that you're one of those people. Okay. You've just got off the plane. You're driving to Athens. You're so excited. You've got a place to stay somewhere downtown or something like that. You've got your tickets and you're ready to have a good time. You're going to go to the game. Yes. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay. But you or somebody needs to be your Anthony Bourdain of Athens, Georgia, meaning you're going to need to direct them into the best places to satisfy their hunger and their need for alcohol. So what I need from you is your best breakfast, watering hole, and lunch or dinner or supper spot here in Athens. Okay, so this is this is really hard because I don't like the traditional breakfast place that places that most people like in town. Uh, I'm going to put aside brunch for a second, okay? Because hey, I have, this, the floor is yours. Okay. You can make this uh, as you want it. I'm going to say something that's heretical. I don't, I don't. I mean, Mama's boy is good, but mm-hmm. it's not something I'm going to stand in line for, right? Right. Um, and and this is something I've done for a long time, even when I didn't live in Athens. I, I'll. I like me a Waffle House. And part of it is I lived in Illinois where you don't have Waffle Houses. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you had them close within so two or three hours, but I appreciate a little more. more. You know, for, for, for straight-up breakfast places, there's a place in Watkinsville called Rachel's that I like a lot. It's a meet-and-three place, and then Mayflower just because it's, it's breakfast. Um, for for lunch, it's hard for me to beat either Cali and Tito's or um, uh, to, uh, the – uh, Prada del Sol on the east side. Um, I just I like what they do there. Bruno does a great job with his food. Uh, it also depends on what mood I'm in because I'm not. Well, and there, there's very few places that you can ride tricycles. Right, you can ride tricycles, and, but I'm not above going to. Uh, I'm not uh, above going to Taco del Sol. I'm not above going to. Oh my gosh, uh, the place out off a of Chase called um, uh, Talalak. Um I love that place. Um, Sounds and then, like you like uh, Mexican. And then, well, I'm about to say, but I love the varsity. Um, and but you know, there. So I have a lot of I have a lot of places. Okay, that so I'm where would you to. go for drinks like, and dinner? For drinks and dinner, um, I, I've long been a fan of Last Resort, and that, that's also my brunch or my wife's favorite brunch spot. So I go there a lot. But you know, if if I have one meal in town and I'm just going to go get grab a meal, I'm going to go to five. I'm five and ten or or the national, just because it world class food and from a world class chef in 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 Athens, Dam, Georgia. Yeah, when you think about it. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Wow, those are really good answers. Um, what about you? I mean, where are you? I mean, what's well, your what's on your list? I wrote down Mayflower. Yeah. Look, look, I love I love what Ronnie and Lisa do. Um, I'm a fan of their their work. Um, you don't go there for the like the taste, the quality. You go there for the atmosphere, yeah. and and actually they do a great job with breakfast. No, it's fantastic. And their and their lunch stuff does uh, it does fine. It's not again, but it's breakfast. No, Anthony Bourdain's not going to go there and talk about their their meatloaf or their meat and three, but it's still good. Right. And so for bar, uh, I put all good. Yeah, I, it's two levels, and you can you can they open the garage door on the top, and you know I've seen many of away games just sitting there at the yeah. bar. Yeah, I did skip the bar thing because I don't. Now that I have kids, I don't have a bar. For a long time, I went to a lot of people remember this Broad, Broad Street Bar and Grill right there where Etienne, which yep. is now closed, was. I love that place. Um, and then, you know, I you can't get past Georgia Bar in my mind, which is called something else it's now. Bar Georgia. Now. Bar Georgia. Yeah. And then the upstairs, the top of the George Theater. It's a yeah. great place to I'd, sit. I'd put, the, I'd put All Good and yeah. the Globe and yeah. the upstairs Georgia Theater, which co- coincidentally – I drew an arrow for food and dinner, Georgia Theater also. Because yeah. not only is it a great place like at four o'clock for happy hour drinks, yeah. but they got some they do, great they, food. They do a decent taco. They do a couple of other good. And really I've told people that I've brought up here with me, I was like, look, it's kinda got an LA vibe. 
up here. That's too. interesting. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. That yeah. does because it's it's open roof. It mm-hmm. you know, sun gets on you a little bit, but it, a lot of guys wearing fedoras. Yeah, interesting hat choices. Yes, and an interesting uh, choice of uh, words since fedora. We mentioned him last week. <laughs> um, and so the final place I put was Ted's because of the the sandbox for yeah. the kids and the great pizza and the outdoor seating. I think Ted's most best is underrated. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So those are my three questions. I hope that y'all enjoyed that. We'd love to hear your thoughts on either the uniforms, the favorite game, or uh, any of your recommendations. And maybe Tony will put that on his sports blog or retweet it or something. Did you did you catch on uh, the last episode how I said Tony's Georgia sports blog like it's a pizza place? Yeah, that sounds <laughs> sounds like a – we do a mean thin crust. It sounds good, a little illy, but, yeah, we're working. Right. right. So I guess what we'll do now is we will go into our pick'em contest. Yeah. Yeah. We'll put all this down. I will yeah. Put this, in all, the ar- this is going to the archives. All Scott Sheets. Right. So, interestingly enough, we start out... Uh, you have it pulled up? I do. Oh, okay. Interestingly enough, we start out with... Uh, we are the first game of the week in our Pick'em. Uh, I have to assume we're the first game of the week since we kick off at noon. And by the way, guys, this SEC Network game, this game is not kicking off at 12.02. They will put the... The officials will put the ball down at the at on the X at... 11.59, and we will get a delay a penalty, delay a game penalty if we're not kicking the ball at 12 o'clock. Okay? I like that. So you need to be in the stadium. Uh, so Georgia, Nickel State, let's get this out of the way, Scott. It's We're a huge favorite. Uh, I think, would you say, 48 points now? It was 34 the last I saw. Uh, that's a Georgia, easy Georgia victory. What, what, what kind of score are you thinking? Um, this feels a lot like one of those 50 – I can't disagree with Will. 52-10, 52-7, 52-14, something like that. Yeah, I think uh, I think what did I think Miami and Coach Rick scored sixty six last week. It was seventy to seven, I think. Okay, seventy well, to six. Then I'll drop it four points. I'm going to say sixty six to fourteen. Yeah, I could see that just the same. Yeah, you know, with the fourteen coming in the fourth quarter and. Yeah, yeah, by the way, I, I will apologize to everybody on this. There are some dog games in here, and that's because I didn't check well, it. The whole week is full of dog games. Well, the, with the Monday night game, I just didn't even think about it. Normally, with games on Sunday, I think, okay, I'll check it Monday, mm-hmm. and it goes live on Tuesday. The Monday night game, I went to bed at midnight or whatever time that game got done, and Tuesday was a little bit of a busy day, and suddenly I thought, crap, I didn't, I never checked it. So going forward, we'll, I'll do a better job of weeding out games like this. Prairie View, Texas A&M. Again, that's a 35-point spread. And it's going to romp. This, this is a confidence pick game right yeah, here. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, next is Georgia Tech-Mercer. As much as I want to see the Bears do it, I can't pick that. No, no. Georgia Tech's going to win this game. But coming back from Ireland, I still don't trust Paul Johnson. I definitely don't trust, what's his name, Barnett? Whoever. Yeah, some like some quarterback that runs the ball a lot and tends to fumble. All it's going to take on this is, is this is the type of game and it happened a, a couple of years ago when um, what Georgia Southern played against Georgia Tech a couple of years ago. Yeah, and, yeah, two and years. It's like yeah. the phone call game. It's like, hey man, or they're texting your friend or Twitter. Or you're checking Twitter, and something weird's happening. Like the second quarter, maybe early third quarter, Georgia Tech's gonna win this game, and they'll probably win it handily by the end. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if Mercer makes it interesting or Tech causes Mercer to make it interesting because of their inadequacies. Yeah. So the next game is Western Kentucky at Alabama. Again, that's an Alabama win. They play like twice a year. It seems like they're always playing Western Kentucky. Yeah, it does feel that way. Does it's a home and home? Actually, it's a home and, <laughs> it's a and home also home. some more home. <laughs> um, so the first SEC matchup: Kentucky at Florida. Now, is that CBS? Uh yes, that's Kentucky. That's the CBS game. Uh, the three thirty game. Um, 
man, that that game, wow. It's a, it's only 16 points, which is crazy to me because it feels like Florida is that much is more than 16 points better than Kentucky. But I I don't think Kentucky is as bad as they they looked last week, right? I mean, they scored a lot of points, and mm-hmm. Florida needed a long time to score against UMass. I still can't pick Kentucky, but I, that that has the that has the look of like a hey guys, look what's going on in this game. Yeah. Yeah, I think Florida handles them pretty easily. I think Kentucky's probably done after after losing that. Yeah, that gets ugly. Four o'clock, we have Wofford at Mississippi. Wofford, if you don't know, is their mascot's the Terrier, and they're based in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Are you gonna are you gonna talk about how cute their stadium is, or how the, cute their it's mascot just is? precious? Uh, Mississippi wins this game big. Yeah, easily. So also at four o'clock, Middle Tennessee State Vanderbilt. Oh, it's a five point spread. Vanderbilt yeah. spread. How far apart are those campuses? 30 miles. Maybe. Yeah. 30 miles. And I think uh, MTSU had an upset last year of somebody. Maybe yeah. like Kansas. Or that a, sounds right. Or yeah. Iowa State. Or if something. they play Kansas, they beat them because Kansas <laughs> went over. They Kansas fans stormed the field so, after beating Southwest Missouri A&M or something. Yeah, they'd lost a lot in a row. Yeah. Um, so can um, Vandy hold serve on this? Because you know they, like, they have their great defense, but their offense looks anemic. No, they can't. Oh, you're picking. I'm picking the Raiders. I'm picking Middle Tennessee State. Look, I, I had a you, lot you've of. You've always been like a big Vandy. Like I am a big guy. Vandy fan. I, I think Vanderbilt. I, I just think. I, I don't uh, Vanderbilt. I mean, they struggled against Western Kentucky last year. Um, Middle Tennessee State is a. It's it's going to be practically a home game for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, right. A lot of a lot of Raider fans are going to travel up there. I just think I think it's a close game, but I think Middle, Middle Tennessee State wins. Okay. You're good with that? No, no, no. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. Um, Vanderbilt. Okay. Uh, Arkansas versus TCU. That game mm-hmm. is in uh, at TCU at Fort Worth. I'm picking TCU. Uh, it's a seven, and TCU is a seven point favorite. You know, I turned on the TV late when I got home after the Georgia game, and I stayed in Atlanta, and I was able to see that TCU was struggling. Against San, South and San Diego, no South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits, right in the third, fourth quarter. I mean, that was a high-scoring game. Um, so I'm going to say that Bert rolls up into Fort Worth and puts something on the the, the frogs. Nice. I, I picked TCU only because they're home team. So um, that's interesting. Uh, the next game kicking off at six o'clock. Georgia Southern travels to. South Alabama. Now, mm. keep in mind, South Alabama, of course, says uh, they 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 beat Mississippi State twenty one twenty. So they're going to be jacked up, right? Southern beat um, Savannah State. Savannah State fifty five nothing. I picked Southern. This is a thirteen point uh, road, and Southern's a road favorite. Thirteen and a half points at least as of the posting of this. Win not cover. Is that? I uh, it feels like a win not cover. Thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I I can't pick against Southern, but. Ooh, this game has all the makings. Yeah, I think Southern, I mean, they've proven that they are not intimidated. And even though they have a new coach this year, and I think Matt Breda is still there. They're all world running back, if I'm not mistaken. And they're they're not going to be intimidated by anybody. They did, a, they did a little uniform touch. They did wear their gold jerseys or their gold-trimmed helmets and stuff yeah. last week. They, because the, the gold is part of their color scheme. Yeah, you know, I can't get mad at too mad at them right. uh, on that, but uh, you know who knows. I mean, they they've dived into the uh, uniform, alternate uniform, which they had that traditional 
Alabama yeah, type old school look. blue look. So anyway, I'm getting on a tangent. I get excited when I talk about uniforms. But uh, yeah, I think Georgia's going to uh, bring South Alabama back down to earth. Yeah, so South Carolina versus Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State's a seven-point favorite here. Um, that's weird. weird. I'm picking some Mississippi State, but that game has, again, that's another one of those has all the makings of, I mean, it could be as ugly as last week's game. I think South Carolina's going to beat them. You think so? Yeah, I, I can see it. I just I struggle with that. I have that's one of my lowest confidence points. Jacksonville State, LSU, uh, LSU bounces back big, right? You think of that? Oh yeah. Arkansas State versus Auburn. Now Arkansas State, mm, if you recall, what time is this on? Because I definitely want to watch this. This is a six thirty kickoff. I believe it's an SEC Network game. Uh, let's see here. Wow. Yep, SEC Network game. Now this is a this is a get back game, right? This is a game that Arkansas State gets a payday game for as a part of the deal to to release Gus Malzahn from his contract. I mean, would it be the most would 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 crooming would if they lose Arkansas State, right? He's fired. Yeah, he he's done. He's done. He's got to be right. I, I see no way around that. Yeah. Um, I want to pick that so bad, but I can't. It's a twenty-one point. Uh, it's a twenty-one point game, or yeah, they're about. There is no way I'd take those points. No way I'd take those points. <laughs> it's going to tell a lot about Auburn. I mean, Arkansas good. State is a good football team. They lost. Uh, they lost this past week, and if I could, my my tablet would actually play nice. I would tell you, no, that's North Carolina. There's no way that. I was like, wait a minute, they did not play Georgia, but you know that's uh, they they lost to Toledo thirty one to ten, which makes the only thing that makes me step back and go like, well Auburn Auburn's going to win this game, but still this has all the makings of like last last year's Jacksonville State game, yep. right? Yep. Okay, so Will talked about the North Carolina Illinois game, uh, the Tar Heels in a return match uh, traveled to Memorial Stadium in Champaign. This is a ten point North Carolina favorite. Um, now Illinois won last week, actually won pretty big against Murray State. Will they uh, sell that game out? You think? No, I don't see. I don't see any way they do. I mean, it's a big stadium, seventy something thousand seats, but it is. Uh, it it's is, a night game. It is a night game. It's uh, six thirty, which is close enough. Well, five thirty there, but that game is going to be nighttime when it gets it gets done. I, I picked Illinois. Um, it's probably, and I, I put the lowest number of points I could put. I put one. Um, but it's one of those, and that could be very much a like homer pick for me, but I picked Illinois. Now, people are sitting there yelling at your radio right now or, or whatever you're listening to us on saying, but we need North Carolina to win. I agree we need North Carolina to win, but I just picked Illinois. I think I was I was really impressed with Trubisky, even though the hiccups he had, and I think Elijah Hood's good. I think if Switzer gets loose, he is completely dangerous. The, I think the dogs did a really good job of bottling him up on the punt return because I kept telling my kids, like, hey, watch this guy. He's really good. And then they have Ricky Prohl's son. Yeah, I, my brother-in-law asked me that. Yeah. He said, is Austin Prohl Ricky Prohl's son? I was like, that's a good question. I have no idea. Yeah, you're like, it has to be because right. nobody, nobody I mean, else has how, the same how, last How many Prohl's are there in North Carolina, <laughs> that's honestly? Right. That's um, right. So I think North Carolina is going to win this probably uh, and cover the spread. I think that, you know, Lovey, that's, that's great that – He's there. I think he's going to do well in the long term, but it's just too soon. Yeah. Yeah. Our next last game is Eastern Michigan at Missouri. Uh, that game is a 630 kickoff as well. That's also on the SEC Network alternate. Um, I picked Mizzou, but Eastern Michigan could win this game. Now, I would I would like to pick against Missouri. 
However, and, <laughs> and and normally I would if this were Western Michigan or Central Michigan or Northeast Michigan or, or another direction, yeah. any direction but east. But this is Eastern Michigan, and if you recall, two years ago. Eastern Michigan, whoever the coach was, thought it would be great to have like a cinder block wall that they were going to break through instead of running through, and they couldn't do it. <laughs> this, and, is, this is actually happening. You should go YouTube yeah, this. Yeah, just search Eastern Michigan, what, breaking a wall or something. But they literally could not break the wall up. It was, it was they had to run around it. It was <laughs> crazy. It was one of the funniest things. From the, and it was, I think it was the first game of the season, and they were trying to get all fired up. So, no, I will not pick Eastern Michigan. I'm going to pick Missouri. Much to my chagrin, but hey, it's just kind of setting them up for uh, uh, having a, a good feeling, and then the dogs come and just kind of ruin their season next week. Yeah, well, I, I think losing last week did that to them already. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, Eastern Michigan's the opposite of PJ Fleck rowing the boat. It's like motor boating, but without gas or something. I don't know. <laughs> there was going somewhere. Yeah. Uh, it's our last game, late game, Virginia Tech, Tennessee, ABC. Uh, that game will pl- be played at Bristol Motor Speedway. Who did, did Vatek play last week? Vatek last week played Liberty. Oh. A 36-13 game. Oh, really? That that game was close until late. Um, I want to say it was like, I mean, it was it was nip and tuck until the fourth quarter. That's I mean, it's a lot like yeah. That's so, um, how, how much do you think like the ESPN brass was holding their breath when Tennessee was like, losing? Oh my god! Oh my god! Lose. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah! Yeah! Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have a lot staked on this game. It's ABC. It's their ABC Saturday night game. There's going to be a uh, hundred. What? How many? Probably forty or fifty thousand. Right. So, and this is a uh, shockingly to me eleven point Tennessee favorite. You think that's too high? I think that's too high by like fourteen points. <laughs> you think Virginia Tech should be favored? I pick in Tech. Wow! Wow! You're going Riverside on all this. I can't pick Virginia Tech. Not. I mean, they're playing into Bristol's in Tennessee, right? Yeah, it's like from it's from here to Whit Davis from Tennessee, but yeah. Okay. I mean, from Virginia, but yeah. I, I got you. I got you. So who's the bigger uh, race fan, you think? Virginia Tech fans or Tennessee fans? Well, it depends on what part of the season. I mean, if it's if it's this time of the season, it's Virginia Tech fans because all the Tennessee fans are hunting. I think it's 50-50, it's, man. Yeah, it it's 50-50. It doesn't matter. Yeah, so I think there's just no way Tennessee's going to screw up this much because they got Florida – Coming up, and then they got Georgia. They have plenty of time to screw up, is what you're saying. Yeah, there's they just can't. I mean, I won't be surprised. I'll put a low confidence pick on this, but I think Tennessee's going to win this. Well, to be honest, I put one, but uh, you said you put one for the other one. I had two on that one, Uh, Uh, but I I just this game has all the makings of one of those games where it's like, oh, we saw that coming. Well, Herb Street's going to be like, wait, I saw a blowout last week, and I'm seeing this ugly game this week. Right? Yeah, true. So. But they're doing they're doing game day from there, aren't they? I would have to, to assume I haven't. It's the haven't, only decent game. I haven't looked, but yeah. Um, so there you have it. That's our. Uh, that's it. That's the pick'em. And okay. So guys, show up Saturday. We the, the I mean it's Kirby's first game, Absolutely. right? And yeah, to yeah, not be there uh, after we had after we had people turned away at G Day seems a little crazy to me. Um, Tickets going to be plentiful. I'm not advocating uh, you do anything because it's not yet a sellout. Uh, there will be tickets available if you keep an eye on Georgia Dogs. There are tickets available there if you want to come uh, see them first. Let's make it a sellout before we start worrying about picking up tickets on the street. That's right. So it should be a fun uh, family day too if you want to take your kids. Yeah, noon kickoff. Perfect. We'll, we'll all be home by five o'clock. It's going to be blazing hot. I'm sure. Ninety three degrees. Yeah. So if you're on, uh, you're you're kind of hoping that you're on the south side of the stadium. Which just, I am yes, not. So. No. We're going to have some weird half suntans on the left side of our face. 
which we always do. That sounds right. All right. So we will talk to you all again on Sunday and go dogs. Go dogs. Thanks so much for listening. As a reminder, we have a noon kickoff on Saturday. Get there early and let's show some support behind our new coach and his ninth ranked Bulldogs for the 2016 home opener. Should you want to tweet our show, maybe you have some uniforms you love or detest, or perhaps you'd like to weigh in on our Athens bar and restaurant recommendations, you can do so by hitting us up at WSLS Podcast. Should you want to reach out to Tony, you can find him at Tyler Dogden, that's D-A-W-G-D-E-N. And as for myself, I'm at Jawavi Films, that's J-A-W-A-V-I Films. Congrats again to Will Leach. (laughs) We missed you. But we will see you on Saturday at the game. Will, coincidentally, is on Twitter at William F. Leach. And I've been waiting a long time to say this when it had some true meaning, and this week it does. So go dogs, and we will indeed see you on campus this weekend. Take care.